everything. And when I was in high school, I, my after school job was at the A&P. A couple of guys that I worked with at the A&P were from Freehold. And they would, and I graduated high school in 74. They were telling me about this guy, Springsteen, that I had to go see. And he was at Red Bank Catholic this week, or he was at Monmouth College, which was college and not a university. And I was from Brooklyn. So I said, I don't need to go see one of your crappy central New Jersey, <laughs> out in the boonies, you know, local entertainment. I'm from New York. So this was, you know, again, this was Freehold when Freehold and, and Marlboro were way out in the boonies. So sure. I probably missed more early Springsteen concerts than anyone because I just wouldn't, those guys could not get me to go to one. And welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. And joining me today is not one, but two guests. And they're going to save me from asking one of the questions I normally ask is when I am talking to a spouse, I say, and does your other, is your other, is your significant other a fan or is a mixed marriage? But I have Jeff and Sarah both with me that tells you they are in tangent with their love of Bruce Springsteen. Jeff, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. So good to be here. It is great to have you guys here. Uh, why don't you tell us a little about yourselves? Uh, I am, I've been out in Chicago 20 years, but before that, uh, in, at the, in eighth grade, I moved from Brooklyn to Marlboro, New Jersey, which is the town that borders on Freehold. So uh, I was uh, from eighth grade on to, uh, to when my parents moved, uh, I was a couple of miles from Bruce's place and Sarah and I have uh, stalked out uh, his birthplace and his town and Asbury Park a lot. And, and I'm Sarah. I grew up in Chicago. Uh, that's where we live now. I moved away for a while, moved back, and have been around here. Um, uh, you know, we've been married since 2011. Um, and uh, visits with the in-laws couldn't be sweeter because it <laughs> almost always follows a trip. To Freehold or Asbury Park, or um, so it's fantastic. It's a definite added plus. That's nice. That's nice. Now, were you both Springsteen fans before you guys became a couple? Absolutely. We've had long histories, both of us. I don't think we'd be a couple without Bruce. It's true. Bruce really did bring us together. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to hear that story, but I, I always like to start at the beginning. So we'll start with you, Sarah. Growing up in Chicago, what kind of music did your family listen to? And don't worry, Jeff, I'll get to you soon. <laughs> we'll share. Um, 
My dad loved big band jazz. He loved oh, Count nice. Basie, Benny Goodman. Yeah, it was fantastic. And whenever you spent time with him, the radio was on or, you know, he was listening to almost always jazz, piano jazz, big band jazz. That was his, that was his thing. Uh, my parents also liked to listen to a radio show out of Chicago called The Midnight Special. Different than the TV show, this was like a folk uh, blues, but also comedy bits. Steve Goodman was a big part of it. So there was a lot of really good music um, that we listened to. I, I think most of all, though, they were, at one point when I was a kid, they started going regularly to the Chicago Symphony. And when they got back from those concerts, they were, it was joy, right? Music really brought them joy. Live music, performed live was for them, they were just riding such a high when they came back. And when I went to my first Springsteen show, I, I knew exactly how they had been feeling all those times. Um, and I called and told them, I was like, I know it now, I get it. Oh, that's wonderful, that's great. That was music, yeah. yeah. That was music in, at our house. So. How about you, Jeff? And we, we were not a music family, we were a television family. Okay, uh, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, I did know Gilligan's Island song by heart. That was about the extent of music. <laughs> well, you know, and uh, you know, and the, uh, you know, the all the other theme songs, right? So you know, they're you know, they had that. So absolutely, uh, yeah. that's funny. Um, how about as you both went to high school and started becoming your? Now you guys, you you recognize Sarah? You mentioned the Midnight Special. Um, I graduated high school in '77. So you were talking my heyday. I remember wow. those that how wonderful they were. Um, they were. It was the only um, MTV we had way before MTV was watching the Midnight Special. <laughs> so um, Jeff, how about you? As you started to grow older and become a teenager, what kind of did did music start becoming important to you? Well, I I, I gotta tell you the story, please, uh, in connection with that. Uh, I listened to, uh, you know, Motown and AM Top 40 and everything. And when I was in high school, I, my after-school job was at the A&P. And uh, a couple of guys that I worked with at the A&P were from Freehold. And they would, and I graduated high school in 74. Okay. And they were telling me about this guy, Springsteen that I had to go see and he was at Red Bank Catholic this week or he was at Monmouth College which was college and not a university and I was from Brooklyn so I said I don't need to go see one of your crappy central New Jersey <laughs> out in the boonies uh, you know local entertainment I'm from New York so this was you know, again, this was Freehold when Freehold and, and Marlboro were way out in the boonies. So sure. I probably missed more early Springsteen concerts than anyone because I just wouldn't, those guys could not get me to go to one. So I, I love the story, not only because it's funny, but it proves a point. I had someone uh, talking about there as fans, almost all of us, 
are, are chasing early Bruce, right? Like, like uh, you know, um, if, you, if, if you first saw him in the Born to Run tour, like, oh, I wish I could have seen him in those early days. And then, you know, I had, a, um, I had someone who saw him during the tour, uh, the same time that Landau had said, I've seen the future of rock and roll. And, but, and he's like, gosh, I, I missed all those early shows. You know, and here you are, you actually had a chance to go to those. And you're like, yeah. I'm this cocky New Yorker, right? Like, oh, if it's not in New York, it's not worth a blank, right? So <laughs> that, that is funny. It just goes to show be open to things. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about you, Sarah? You know, uh, when did you, are you going into high school? What kind of music are you listening to? When I was in high school, I was the police talking heads. I liked a little old school. I liked Motown and Stevie yeah. Wonder, Simon and Garfunkel as well. So that was my thing. I, now, I listened a bit to Bruce. WXRT mm -hmm. Radio in Chicago was my station. And they would play, you know, they played Born to Run. They'd play yeah. 10th Avenue Trees out, stuff like that. So I knew that. But, I, I mean, it, quite frankly, I, I mean, I heard it. I thought it was pretty fantastic. But I just heard it on the radio. And I never right. dove deep into it. In fact, my sort of embarrassing moment with... For, I didn't look at an album cover for Born to Run. If I did, I'm sure I'd be have been hooked. But uh, for the longest time when I heard uh, 10th Avenue Freeze Out, I thought he was saying Devil Devil in the Freezer. I had no clue. So I was like, Devil <laughs> Devil in the Freezer was what, what I thought that song was about. I had no clue. Well, there you go. That's nice. Yeah. Um, so it, it, yeah. It, it, took a, it took a bit. Yeah. So... Can you, what, if you can, when did you discover Bruce? And when I say, obviously, you both taught, had heard about him, but there is that moment where you discover him and it, it becomes more than, you know, you're, you discover him. And if you can, can you put in words, what about it spoke to you? I can put it in very good words. I okay. <laughs> when I got to college, a, uh, uh, this guy I knew who'd been traveling around the world, I could not, he was very so sophisticated for a college freshman, said, oh, Bruce Springsteen, you're from Jersey? He's great. So I listened to some, but again, not much. And he talked me and a couple other guys into going to a concert in about February 6, 1975 at Widener College. And... It was a small little gym auditorium-like thing. And I remember it was a freezing night. And this is the way I always describe it, and Bruce fans understand it. It was like Dorothy opening that door in Oz. All of, I, all of a sudden, I saw color where everything had been in black and white before. And... I, re I remember just being awestruck, walking out into the cold after this incredible experience and knowing one thing for sure, that wherever this was happening, I wanted to be again. <laughs> Do you remember your buddies trying to convince you to go? And did you go, I should have listened. I should have had a V8. <laughs> I... 
I thought back on it and and I I said, now I get it. Yeah. Now I get it. I again, you know, Dorothy didn't know the world was in color before that. Oh, and she I didn't know right. there was such a thing. Right. Yeah, Sarah, how about you? If, if for me, it was summer of '84. Uh, I graduated high school in '86, so okay. after the summer after my sophomore year and high school you know i was listening to born in the usa and i thought it was pretty fantastic i was listening to it a lot i really liked it and i was working at a summer camp at an overnight summer camp and i was 16 and a much wiser much older counselor i think she was like 18 or 19 yeah but she was you know but she was in college so she was you know she was very um she was smart right uh anyway she and i had a day off you'd work six days a week and then one day off of we and we escaped we went to the beach and i brought my boom box and a cassette tape of born in the usa and she said do you so you like born in the usa i'm like yeah it's fantastic she was like have you heard the river and i'm like well i know the song she was like have you heard the album and i'm like no so we spent that day off basically listening to hanging out on a beach listening to the river and it was then, it just snapped. It was, you know, and we just talked about it and listened and talked. And then it turned out that some other friends of mine who worked at the camp, an older, Dave and Lisa, who we're still friends with, who are fantastic Bruce fans, they too um, were huge Bruce fans. And when I started talking about this, they started to, or like, okay, now we got to listen to Born to Run, really listen to Born to Run. And that was it, that summer, with those friends, that's what that's what made me <laughs> right there. Now, one thing that might be a little different for me than other people, and and I think Sarah's probably a more typical story, is the live thing captured me. And he was up there on the stage with Suki playing a violin, and mm -hmm. it was the live thing, the words and the hope and the inspiration of the of the songs, the lyrics came after that right whereas Sarah got the I got the yeah right yeah yeah you know um I've told this story before but um my first show was 2002 in the rising just for a lot of reasons had just never had the opportunity to see him perform partly growing up in Louisiana and then not moving to Dallas to like 86 and you know going through and and so um and I had bought The Rising, the CD. I had certainly, I had bought it after I'd saw that, you know, after that special, you know, that telethon where they opened with the candles and them doing My City of Ruin, right? Um, and so I had listened to it a couple of times, but just casually listened to it, right? And so I go to the show and it was uh, my wife, Linda, and our good friends, Denise and Andrea, and we are in the nosebleed section and we're sitting there and, um, you know, at the end of the show, Linda's like, well, did you enjoy it? Cause I didn't know, you know, she's like, I don't know any of the songs still, you know, he did working on the highway, you know? Um, and I said, well, first, yes, I enjoyed it because if he had walked out on stage, played Born to Run and walked off, I would have said, okay, got my money's worth. <laughs> um, exactly. You know, but um, yeah, but my thought was I've been dropped in the middle of a movie or I've opened the page in the middle of a book 
and I don't know what's going on, but I'm fascinated by the story, you know? And so then I had to go back and listen to the rising over and over again and go, damn it. Why, why didn't I I know this so I could appreciate it. And I got the bootleg of the show. And, um, and so then when devils of dust came out, I, I I did my homework. I listened to that thing over and over and over again. And then when he came to Dallas, you know, I was ready. So I, I get that. I get the, because, and then by once you get that live bug, then you start exploring the catalog and then the songs start speaking to you. And, um, you know, because somehow, and we all feel this way, how is somehow this guy from Jersey magically talking about a kid that grew up in Louisiana, you know, you know, how, how does he, how does he, how does he know about my life? You know, that's what I loved about the movie Blinded by the Light. Cause you know, he's like, this guy's talking about me and there's no way, you know, a Pakistani kid in the UK, but it's true. It, it's that universal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that part of it was, when I knew what the first heard what the songs were about, I'm like, yeah, he's some East Coast guy who you know drives races cars at night. You know, that's not me. What is? It? Yeah. But hope. But when you start to, and it's true when you hear it live in particular, then it's it's incredibly personal. I think what helped get me hooked was when my friend was telling me about the river and said, this captures. This doesn't capture it. Doesn't come close. You've got to see him live. Yeah. But but it does that arc. And um, it gives you a sense of what the experience is like. And I wanted it. Now, I didn't see him. It was, it took me, I think it was six years, eight years after I first heard him that I saw him live. So it took me a while too. Again, for a bunch of reasons. Um, Yeah. 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 Yeah, And it's um, just recently, uh, in fact, last night when the Cowboys played, um, they, they, they missed a field goal. And my son, Chris, has texted me like, okay, they'll be chasing those points the rest of the game, right? It's like when you miss an extra point. And I feel like that's it. Like, you, you, you feel like you're chasing concerts you've missed. Like, you can never get them back. But it's like, well, everyone I get to, that's one more that at least, you know, I've got that in my bag that I've had. Um, I always like to preface this. If you've listened to the show before, um, I do not believe that the amount of shows you've seen is a fair barometer of anyone's fandom. I, I think that it is, there are people that have been on the show that have never seen him live that are passionate fans. Um, but in, in depending on where you, where you found him and where you lived, but for the record, do you guys count shows? And if so, what's your number? I'm at well over a hundred. And I mean, okay. well over a hundred. Now I lost count at one point. I was going through some hard times in around 1999, going through a divorce and my ex was taking my kids out of state. And so I was going through some depression. So there, I, during that time, I saw a couple of shows in Long Island and Madison Square Garden and, and the Meadowlands and down in Philly. And I, I lost count. By the way, a lot of those shows, I had the worst seats, you know, behind the stage, which are the best seats for one or two songs. Yes, but, it is. <laughs> right. But, you know, the far end of Giant Stadium is, is you know, where he looks like a raisin on top of a gigantic cake. Uh, but uh, I, I know that it's, uh, you know, well over 100. Okay. 
I'm, you know, because I was in Chicago and I'm so much younger than he is. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, I am, but not that much. But still, yeah. um, in, in Bruce years, it was a lot of concerts. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm right around 40. I think I'm okay. just shy of 40. Um, and, uh, or I think I just hit 40 somewhere. I have to double okay. check. Okay. But uh, right around there. So. Although when I was on the East Coast, it was only, you know, and I was lucky uh, living, you know, being able to go from Long Island down to D.C. Since I've been out in Chicago, we've been a lot of different cities, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Atlanta, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh yes. Chicago, obviously, you know. Yeah. Cleveland, yeah. We, so. did you, yeah. Did you guys get to Broadway? We did. Oh, good story. We did. Please, we did yeah. get to Broadway. We got um, the, well, we, we, the twice. short, we, twice, twice. And the second time we pure dumb luck, just getting in and logging in. And I was on a flight. The flight was good. I had to get land so that I could log in to get the tickets. We had a pass. He couldn't log in because he was giving a presentation. It's drama, yeah, drama, sure. and log in and front row center. Oh, nice. Dead front, center. Front row, dead center. Just pure stupid luck. Um, That's and great. Faith was rewarded. Faith was yes, rewarded. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. So incredible, incredible. That's um, good. And just, and just true luck. I mean, just like we didn't pay anything extra. We just got, you know. What's the, what's the furthest you've gone to see a show? Have you gone to Europe or... No, but uh, no. on a definitely on our wish list, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I guess Atlanta might be Atlanta. in terms of miles yeah. from Chicago to Atlanta was probably the longest. You know, what's funny is um, when he was uh, the time before. I, I guess the last time he was touring Australia, um, mm -hmm. my uh, at the time I was working for a company and the owner um, was in his sixties and uh would come to work like on saturday mornings you would see his car there you know he just worked all the time and very successful man um, um easily you know in, in the millions of dollars and i would always go if i had that kind of money i'm going down to australia and i'm just going the whole th i'm just i'm i'm taking a month vacation and going to every show enjoying you know new zealand or australia that you know i'll work in i'll work in some sightseeing between shows but just to, to run through that gambit of stuff so yeah i i would love to see ireland is another one that i i just yeah. have heard so many great things about that it would just be so much fun but yeah, also and spain and yes Italy. exactly yes Italy has got, yeah, there yeah. stories of that. And yeah. you know, the concerts are so wonderful, but the moments in the concerts, you know, the first harmonica notes you hear that send chills up your spine for Thunder Road or Promised Land, and of course, Roy Plano's first couple of notes on Jungle Land, that thrill of those first couple of notes. It is. Uh, you know, they are almost right. beyond the sum of the whole show. Yeah. All right. So you said Bruce brought you guys together. Okay. I'm sure you've told the story <laughs> a couple of times. So, um, so I, I'm, I'm sure you, you are, this is, you guys know your parts, but please share the story. <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty simple one. It's a, it's a pretty simple one. We were 
it was online dating. We met through online dating, but okay. it was, you know, it was one of those random sites and I get pinged, got, you know, this guy's interested in me. He's 12 years older than I am. He's divorced with three kids and he lives way out in a suburb, way out. And I'm like, why would I be interested? Well, you know how on a lot of those profiles, they have taglines. And his tagline was, show a little faith, there's magic in the night. And I was like, all right, I'll listen. Okay, you know? okay. Well, you know <laughs> yeah, what, Nikki, you know? you've, 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 you've earned a listen. I don't know if how far we go, but you've got enough that I'm going to take your call. Exactly. Exactly. And, exactly. And, and that overcame all of the negatives. All of the negatives. Who cared? You know, right? Yeah, it didn't matter. Yeah, okay. They weren't negatives. They were just like, why would sure. I? Sure. You know? Yeah. But then, and then, um, uh, yeah, but th you're absolutely right. Uh, that got him a call, and that's all it took. So. Well, and also the beauty of that, right, is you now know, okay, we may not have, there may be no chemistry. We may have nothing in common, but I can always talk Bruce to almost anyone. Exactly. So you know what, if this, you know, if we meet for coffee or dinner, the worst can happen is I'm going to spend some time talking to someone about, you know, um, you know, what do you think? Uh, when was this? Well, you said you guys were married about how long? We were married. It, we met in 2006. So okay. this was in 2000. This was right before I knew we were serious. I knew he was interested in me because we bought tickets to uh, Seeger sessions. Okay. Um, we bought them together and I, I bought them with my money and he trusted me enough not to ask for a ticket, you know? To, oh, nice. So yes. Hold the tickets. I figured that he was truly trusting. So that's awesome. It was 2006. And yeah, I mean, it was right. Exactly. At the very worst of this, it's going to be just, we'll, we'll talk Bruce. Um, yeah. uh, so, and we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you got married, Bruce music is part of the ceremony. We actually just went down to the courthouse and the judge put it all to rest. I was just about to say that. Nothing wrong. No walk down the aisle, no weddings, they smiled. Right, exactly. There were wedding day smiles. There was there were, wedding day smiles. There were lots of wedding day smiles, but it was um, it was us and the judge um, for the for the ceremony. We had a party later with friends and there was plenty of Bruce in the background. But That's there nice. was no there was no like uh, no first dance or anything. You know, and the the one thing I, I didn't want the big neither of us wanted the big deal sure. wedding, but um, the one thing I wouldn't have minded would have been uh, uh, a first dance. I think we had talked, you know, like if I should fall behind, you know, or something. Who knows? Yeah. But nothing, nothing original. I don't think we would have done anything different than uh, any. It's it's, it's kind of hard to um, when I I, I almost always. Um, send a link to if I should fall behind to someone, whether they're a Bruce fan or not, that is celebrating an anniversary or, or getting married. And I always send this link and I go, I think this is one of the best songs about the work that is involved in a marriage as, along with the joy. And this does a good job of thinking it. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that's yeah. very good. Um, was the Seeger session the first show you guys went together? It was, it was indeed. It, yeah. At, at an outdoor stadium, uh, outdoor, a little outdoor stadium. It was one of the great things about that tour is how easy it was to get tickets. Um, that was, uh, but we, uh, at least around here, you know, it was, uh, we were able to, 
call in and get pit tickets. And so we saw him. That's good, nice. You know, good, good spots here. In That's Chicago. nice. We also saw him up in Milwaukee for that one. Too. Yeah, very nice. All right, so yeah. you guys sent me a clip. So um, <laughs> that, um, and you said that you, do, you are not often signed people. And there, I, and I do not say that as any negative thing against people who bring signs. I, I think people who bring signs are awesome, but you know, you know, some people do and some people don't. And you guys said you don't normally do that, but you said we did, and there's a story. And remind me to ask you about it. So, you got to share the story. <laughs> All right. Well, on this tour, he was, it was 2009. Right, yeah. and he was playing a lot of requests, and. There was a guy, a Lebanese guy, that had a site where you could uh, check to see whenever the band had played a song. And I was playing around on the site, looking up some old music, and, you know, I'd find a date they had played it here or there. And I always sort of liked to do Run Run. And I checked it on the site, and I said, holy crap, they've never once played it not at a swim club not in a concert they've never played to do run run and i thought uh man the sax solo in to do run run the old one not yeah would be a great softball for clarence but i would never make a sign i, I uh who am i to think that heaven will bless me by bringing <laughs> right, a sign. Right. Uh, and so, so, so Jeff suggested to do, we should bring a sign for to do run, run. And it also had just happened that the woman who wrote the song, Ellie Greenwich had just passed away. Oh, so okay. it seemed like absolutely, but quite frankly, I was of an age, the do run, run was a cheesy seventies, Sean Cassidy, totally right like fluff pop i was like sure. what are you talking about so jeff played the crystals the original version of it right and once i heard the and I, I heard it from the beginning i was like oh yeah and then the sax solo comes in from the original and i was like oh absolutely we must hear that so uh so we so we had our seats that weren't even in the pit. We had seats up in a balcony, but it was right next to the stage, upper balcony, but right next to the stage and in the front row of the balcony. So we yeah. figured, perfect, we can make a sign and hang it off the side of the balcony. And when Bruce came by early uh, on the right. first song, Sarah said he saw the sign and nodded. nodded. And I said, nah, because I didn't want to, get my hopes up like, no he really did he nodded i swear he nodded um <laughs> you know he did because uh, he was holding the guitar and it was during the first song he was holding the playing the guitar um but he kind of saw it and nodded and we also by the way got the thumbs up from uh susie and from uh, right they both liked Roy. the song ah, good saw the sign when they came out and gave us the thumbs up too so. that sure is enough, awesome yeah and when it came time for the you know for the for the request, request that was the first one he did yeah oh how fun that's good um and you you got video of it we do somebody recorded thank goodness a couple people recorded it and put it on youtube um and so we've got it forever 
And the sign, however, we, um, you know, like, I'm like, as if you're in the pit and you hand the sign forward, because we were up in the balcony, we got to keep the sign. So we framed it and it's hanging on our bedroom wall. So. That is awesome. I, I love that. I love that. I love that so much. That is great. Um, tell me, you, um, how many, tell me some other, do you have uh, other shows you wanted to share with me that about, uh, that kind of seeing together? You want to talk about Harley Fest? Harley Fest. So you got the point that we were both fans before we met. Yes, right? absolutely. So we definitely were. We're both fans, but that doesn't mean that I didn't have something to learn from this old man. Okay. <laughs> I did learn, and it was really was clear at Harley Fest. So at the end, um, at Harley Fest, um, uh, which was, which tour was that? I can't even remember now. It, it wasn't um, part of a tour. I think it was just a sort of a one-off Harley Fest. It could have been. It was, it was, I looked it up. It was 2008. I just checked my notes. It was August of 2008. He played in Milwaukee. They've got a, they have a big annual festival um, for Harley Davidson and a uh, big music festival. And he was headlining it, of course. So we got tickets to Harley Fest and went and we got there, we got to Milwaukee, we got there really early. And I was like, well, let's go get a bite to eat. And Jeff was like, no, we go toward the stage. We go toward, <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, you, and as Jeff taught me, like when in doubt, you move in a Bruce Woodley direction. Okay. That was the that, lesson that, learned. That's a plan. When, yeah. Exactly. Whenever in doubt, move in a Bruce Woodley direction. And we did. And as a result, we got amazing, you know, we were right in the pit, right near the front of the stage, um, right up there. Uh, and it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And there was something else special about that. Uh, I, I would say I love Sandy, but I could say that about, you know, 78 songs. Yeah. But all, when they, he started to play Sandy, I said to Sarah, and I, it jumped at me, instead of the angels have lost their desire for us, I, uh, I spoke with them last night. They said they won't set themselves on. I said, he's going to sing every summer they come down in their Harleys. Ah. The, which which I, I'd always loved that verse. I mean, I always... I, I yeah. love the way it was finally, yeah. but you know how some lyrics, like I've always thought it should be the Angelina track. Okay. And I, and some of them you say, I love each way so much. He went with this, but the other one was great. But yeah. every summer they, they come down in their Harleys, they come and they go, uh, I knew we were going to hear it and we did. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's very and nice. Driving up, there, you knew it. Driving up there, he played. He played from you know the bootleg that had the that had those the yeah the old lyrics, the alternate lyrics. Yeah, awesome. that is great. Um, are there songs that have a special? You just mentioned there could be another. You could name a hundred, but are there songs that kind of have a special meaning to either both of you or individually? I don't know. There's so many. There's so yeah. many. I mean, like there were times in college that like Badlands was on constant cycle. Yeah. Right? Badlands was, you know, everybody's theme song at one point or, a, yeah. you know, so, um, but I don't know, Backstreet's and, and, and Jungle Land and Rosalita. And 
I don't know, there's so, Thunder Road. I mean, there's just, yeah. I could, yeah. There are some that are more than others. Um, mm-hmm. Racing in the streets has always had a special place in my heart. Yeah. Uh, I, I really hated law school. I went to law school in Newark, and I didn't particularly like the neighborhood I was in in Newark. And when I moved out, the last thing I packed was my stereo. And the last thing I blasted out was, this is a town full of losers. I'm pulling out of here to win. That's awesome. That's great. That's good. Uh, so I got to ask you, what did you guys think of the letter to you? I loved it. I mean, I did. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's new Bruce music. So right. I immediately am going to, uh, but it, for me, the real charge was seeing the band, right? Yeah. Seeing the video, seeing them playing together, and just hearing them together. Yeah. Um, just even closing your eyes and just hearing that—it's—it uh, was—it was nourishment from the soul at a very tough time. Yeah, um, I've—I have made the joke, and it's only halfway joking that. Um, new Bruce music in October, new president in November, and maybe <laughs> 2020 is not the crappiest year ever. There we um, go. So yeah, um, I'm glad. Um, yeah, I, it was just so, you know, the rumor was flying hot and heavy. And then when you got it, it was just so good to hear that yeah. new music. And, and also to, um, I agree with you, seeing the video of the band laughing and joking and working together. Um, yeah. Someone complained that, um, you know, why would they take only five days to make an album? You know, like, why would you not? And, you know, Sarah Jeff, my philosophy is the man can do whatever he wants. He's given us years and, and hundreds of songs of pleasure. So if he wants to be on Broadway, go be on Broadway. If you want yep. to do an album of um you know of jimmy webb kind of southern california rock you know like in western stars go for it i don't care and i say if you want to say okay we've done this the long way for fun let's get us in a band and and let's set a deadline you know let's just get together and play and let's see what comes out. I think is a great experiment. I think it's just it's it's just it's going to be joy. It's just going to be something different. And I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I do have to correct you on one thing. Yeah. Uh, it it didn't take him five days to make them. It took that it took him forty five years. Good point. Absolutely point. It may have been five years in the studio, but yes, it was a lifetime of together. It did right. like, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly, and you can see it from that, you know, you can hear it and you can see it. That yes. that was a lifetime. Those were lifetime friends and, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Sarah, Jeff, what, what should I have asked you that I haven't? Uh, well, why don't you ask me what songs I've never been able to yes. hear live yes, yes. that what, I would love? What are you chasing? <laughs> yes, thank you. I've got two. Okay. Terry and Blind Zero, I've always okay. wanted. And the other one that I would love to hear, and I know I'm never going to get, and and I'd cry if I did, Freehold. Oh, yes. I bet. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and the, it's just a, and the part about his sister, it's just, yeah. I, I would yeah. lose it. Yeah. yeah. 
That's beautiful. Absolutely. It's, it is beautiful. How about you, Sarah? And, uh, so Freehold is on my list too, only because of how moving I would yes. want to be with Jeff. Um, sure, absolutely, yeah. And the other would actually be a cover. And I don't know, it's only because of the Dream Baby Dream. The yeah. cover the, is such a ode to his fans um, and just... Uh, I mean, quite letter to you kind of seems that way too. Um, it does. Uh, it does. So um, maybe that's, that'll be that. So. And I've got another question that yes. you could have asked. Okay. <laughs> Save that if you can, because I want to tell you a dream baby dream story. Oh, if you don't okay. Mind. okay. Yes. Um, so, um, and my regular listeners are going to go, oh God, not the dream baby dream story again. But anyway, <laughs> um, when it first came out, we were driving down to Louisiana, my wife and my son and I, and um, I mentioned, I said, oh, Bruce has a new single out. Oh, okay, well, do you want to play it? And then we played it, and my wife went, well, that's not much. That just seems like he's repeating a lot of the same words. That doesn't seem much at all. And my son, Chris, said, I don't know. Play it again, Dad. And so I played it again, and Linda said, do it again. So I played it again and Linda said one more time and she's like, it's almost like a mantra. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So over the years that has become kind of a family anthem. Uh, when um, I was going, I, when I was um, this last year, I was laid off in January and I played dream baby dream on repeat going to the yeah. job interviews just over and over again. Um, often when we're tailgating out in the back porch, um, Shades of Mary's place, right? And when we're going in to watch the Cowboys play, you know, Chris is like, okay, we've got to play Dream Baby Dream, you know, to end it. Now we'll go yeah. play the game. So, um, so I really wanted to see Dream Baby Dream. However, mm. the first seven times I saw Bruce, he never played Thunder Road. I had never played Thunder Road Live because I started wow. seeing him in 2002, right? So right. I just had never seen it. So um, at the NCAA tournament uh, that they had broadcast live, they ended the show doing Thunder Road. Yeah. And, um, and I, won't, I won't lie, there were tears, oh, you know, to seeing right. that. You know, it, it was him alone. Patty, he, he gestured for Patty to sing with him. And, you know, well – during that tour, he either ended with Dream Baby Dream, he either Thunder Road, or he brought out the pump organ and did Dream Baby Dream. And I went to four shows on that tour, all of them Thunder Road. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, it is hard for me to complain after right. never getting Thunder Road to get it. But it was like, I would have just loved Dream Baby Dream once. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I would love to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you're saying, it Jeff, is. what's what what's the what should I've asked you? Well, I don't know about asking, but the one of the thrills of the Bruce show, like I said, the first couple of notes, and but the people are so wonderful. Yeah, there are the people that you talk to when you're yes, waiting in yes. line, uh, and when you're sitting by them. But there are also the people that you don't talk to where you look. And you see how mesmerized somebody with tears in the corner of their eyes, and you don't get to talk to them. 
but you're just looking at them and they move you so much. And, and you know what you know what they're feeling, right? You yeah. you, have a, you don't know what they've experienced. You don't, but you know no. and what they're feeling. So. You know, one of the goals I, I, when someone who doesn't know about the podcast will say, "Well, what do you do?" I said, "Well, if if it works right." Um, it feels like you're overhearing, you're eavesdropping on a conversation in line, whether you're waiting for the queue or you're waiting for seats up in the bleachers, um, you're in line to get a, you know, a drink before the show. I mean, that's what it should feel like. It should feel like you're eavesdropping on friends. And, uh, so absolutely. And, um, you know, I've had people say this, and I know you guys will agree. Um, it's no big deal to go to a Bruce show by yourself because you know you're going with family. Oh, right. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. like, yeah. I mean, it's always fun to have a buddy or someone significant in your life. But if it's just you, you know you're about to be in the arms of, you know, your your siblings, your, you know, and um, the brothers and sisters and siblings in Springsteen. You're yeah. in family. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah definitely. Yeah. And, you know, you're close to my generation as opposed to Sarah's or yeah. closer to mine. Absolutely. Uh, and, and I feel a little bad for you having missed those years of Bruce, not for missing the concerts, not for missing the concerts, but for not having him with you through the hard times. Because when I had bad times in my life, yeah, it, you know, it, no Surrender is a great layoff song. Yes. Rosalita is a great song after yes. you've been laid up. Absolutely. Uh, and I was so fortunate in so many ways in my life. I mean, for God's sake, you know, the universe was knocking at my door saying, go see him. And I refused. And then I meet this guy from, the, from Michigan who yeah. tells me about a guy that's in the next town over and I finally answer the door after the door has been knocking. But some of the tough times I've had, uh, I'm not going to say I couldn't have gotten through them without Bruce, but man, it sure helped. I, um, and once again, you know, um, the beauty of this show is it's a conversation. And so um, I always bring this up because very early in my podcast, um, someone gave me a one-star review on iTunes saying, um, the host repeats a lot of the same stories. He should do an FAQ. And, and I always think of that, but um, you know, this is, this is a conversation, right? And so um, when I drove to Austin to see him at the book signing um, and I got my seven seconds, you know, what I said to him, which I know he did not hear, but that's okay, because I needed to say it more than I needed him to hear it, is I spent nine months unemployed. I listened to Better Days and Land of Open Dreams every day, and that's what got me through it. Thank you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. you're absolutely right. I mean, um, luckily, um, over three years ago, um, I was diagnosed with colon cancer, and uh, no retreat, no surrender you know, was on my F cancer playlist, you know, and every tweet yeah. I did, every post, hashtag no retreat, no surrender, you know, because, um, and I think the beauty of Bruce's music is um, tougher than the rest, 
could be a love song, but it also could be about someone who's facing a physical or mental disability and they're striving to be tougher than the rest. They need yeah. to be. So absolutely, you're, you are right. And um, I, I, yes, I would love to see the shows, but you're right. I mean, it, it would, um, Bruce has been a good companion on this part of the ride. And yeah. as much yeah. as I love Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys, which were my passion before and remain to be, it would have been nice to have him in the front seat with me a little bit earlier. So thank you for that. I definitely agree, Jeff. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right. I think the only thing we got left is the Mary question. So uh, let me preface this. Uh, Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. Um, every year, um, his seniors, they take two days and they break apart Thunder Road as a poem. They go through all the lyrics. He discusses the imagery of the show, of the lyrics. He talks about, um, they hear the song, they discuss it, they compare it to Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. And then at the end of the two days, he looks at his class and he says, all right, tell me, does Mary get in the car? So ladies first, Sarah, does Mary get in the car? And then we will go to Jeff. <laughs> Damn straight she does because because we we get to decide we get to put a happy outcome on this one so yeah she definitely gets in the car absolutely nice nice <laughs> Jeff are you do you agree a year ago I might not have uh, a year ago I would have said there's a lot of missed things and and re, not quite regrets but things that you miss in life and and the timing was wrong or something like that. Uh, as I get older and as I see like, all the things we, we can't do and all the things we can do uh, going through this uh, pandemic and this lunatic in the White House, if I could say. Amen. Uh, at, at this point, you've got to grab for everything because it goes by too fast and and you don't know, you know, like Joni Mitchell said, uh, uh, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah. At this point, if she's got any sense, she grabs for it and says, screw it, I'm in that car. Well, and as you said, right, this is a town full, you know, Mary Kleiman, a town full of losers, and I'm pulling out of here to win. So very nice. Very, very good things. Um, guys, thank you. This was wonderful. I, I, I just appreciate your time so much. If someone wants to reach you, are either one of you on social media? We, we both are. We both okay. are. Yeah, absolutely. They can find us. All right. So, Sarah? Yeah. What's your oh, Twitter handle? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, so oh, my Twitter handle, Sarah Marcus, Sarah Marcus Chicago, or CJ, CGO, Sarah Marcus CGO. Okay, and Jeff? Uh, Fromster, F-R-A-U-M-S-T-E-R at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, great. All right. Um, guys, thank you again. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. Um, I hope you're doing well in this pandemic. We're doing all right. We're doing our best, and that's um, right now. If we're, we're that means that's we got each other. And and uh, if anybody out there doesn't have somebody with them, they got Bruce. So absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, thank you, guys, listeners. You, 
um, please stay safe. Remember to social distance. Wash your hands. As the man says, wear an effing mask. Um, be good to each other. Take care of each other. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation. And I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. That listening Bruce. Set listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.